This is episode 11, My Weight Loss Journey. Hello everyone, welcome to the Simply Resilient Podcast. My name is Jessie Ellertson, and this is a podcast for military wives who know how to handle the challenges of frequent deployments and trainings, but want to stop feeling mentally miserable in the process. You know what to do and you're doing it, all while holding down the fort at home, but you are weary from living in survival mode and battling with your brain. If you are ready to thrive, then you are in the right place. We're going to start off this episode with our battle buddy moment, which is a review from Mallory. And she says, tonight I did my second dinner with Jessie and it was truly amazing. Both times she has coached me. She has created a safe, enjoyable environment and has helped me realize so much. She is passionate about her work and cares for people deeply. I would recommend her to anyone and everyone. Thank you so much for that review, Mallory. I love working with you. Uh, We are on day four of my podcast party week. So keep up the sharing, listen to all my episodes. Um, Just check out for the details on my social media pages, either Facebook or Instagram to see all the ways that you can get entries into my big giveaway of three pairs of AirPods on Saturday. So just in two days and get your entries in. You have to send me an email at podcast at simplyresilient.net for you to get those entries into the giveaway by Saturday afternoon. And then I'll do the drawing on Saturday night. Thank you so much for your help with all of this. It really helps me get my podcast out and visible and searchable. The first eight weeks of a podcast are really important as far as launching it and getting these metrics up and all the ratings and reviews and subscribers to make it just more visible on iTunes. So I really appreciate your help with all of this. Okay, so I decided to do an episode on my weight loss journey because I referenced different things through in my different episodes about kind of different times in my life and how much I weighed and and what effect that had on me. And I decided to put it all into one episode. And there will be different parts of this story that I do full episodes on if I feel like there's more to tell there, but I just kind of wanted to get it all summed up for you. So here is how I tell this story. There are lots of ways to tell your story of your physical health, of the journey you've had with your weight over your life, and also the relationship you have with your body and with your weight. So here's how I tell my story. I was a pretty normal kid, but when I was uh, in maybe like fifth and sixth grade, I actually was a little chubby. I then got into sports later in like sixth grade and in junior high, and also I got taller. And so that kind of all resolved. I wasn't chubby anymore, but those years did kind of have an effect on how I looked at myself and the way I thought other people looked at me just a little bit. At this point, I am five feet, 10 inches tall. So I am a relatively tall woman. And I actually have a pretty interesting body in that I have a lot more torso. I have a long torso and shorter legs. And so even when I'm quite a bit overweight, Most of my weight is in the middle and depending on how I dress, which I've learned to dress pretty strategically, I don't actually look that overweight in my opinion. So that's been kind of interesting because I tell people, you know, some of my weight loss goals and they think, oh, do you even have that much weight to lose? And I reassure them that I do. (laughs) Anyway, okay, so moving through my teenage years and into college, I felt like I maintained a pretty regular weight. I felt great about how I looked. Um, One thing that did play into my teenage years just a little bit is my sister who's closest to me. Uh, We are really close and best friends. 
And I was always just a little bit bigger than her, which would kind of bother me because I was younger than her, but she was just a completely different build than me. She was, she's much more petite than I am. Um, My mother's maiden name is Gibbs and my father's maiden name is Lindorf. And I would say that she has more Gibbs genes than me and I have more Lindorf genes than her. And that's just the way we were built. So before I understood how to really look at that and appreciate that, that did bother me sometimes just because I was younger than her, but I would wear like a bigger size in clothing than her. Anyway, when I was 20, I got married. I was just a little baby. And when I was 21, after we'd been married for about a year and a half, I had my first baby. And I, so that was in 2006. And then in 2017, we had our final baby. And so in about 11 years, I went through seven pregnancies. So that took its toll on my body. Um, I definitely, when I was pregnant, I didn't feel like I could maintain kind of my healthy habits when I was pregnant because you're dealing with um, discomfort and nausea and lack of sleep and food is can be very comforting. And so I would lean into that comfort. So I would always gain a good amount of weight when I was pregnant. I wouldn't say like excessive, but I didn't, I definitely wanted, wasn't the one of those women who kind of only gained the baby weight or pregnancy weight and then like had the baby and lost it all. I I would definitely, after each pregnancy, work on losing that baby weight. Um, In 2014, I had four children and I weighed 212 pounds at the beginning of 2014. And this was right after, I've mentioned this before, but right after I broke my leg and, and my husband was deployed and I had definitely spent a couple of months there uh, eating my feelings is what I like to call it. Again, using that food as comfort. And I was laid up with my broken leg, so I wasn't doing anything active. And so I was, that was probably the highest I had been at that point up in that, in my life, that was my high was 212 pounds. And I went to the doctor for some stuff with my leg. And he said, the best thing you can do for your knees right now is to lose 30 pounds. And obviously, right in the moment, I was like, how dare he say that to me? But just even pretty quickly after and since then, if if that memory ever comes to my mind, I'm able to say, oh, I'm so glad that he was willing to say that to me because that was what I needed to hear was my joints are under a lot of stress and pressure from being overweight. So I did. I lost 30 pounds during that deployment. And because of my injured leg, it was all through my diet and not with not with exercise, hardly at all. I mean, I was doing a lot of physical therapy and, uh, you know, walking and sometimes uh, riding like a stationary bike. So there definitely was some exercise, but it wasn't through, you know, cardio or running or anything like that. I just really focused on my diet of cleaning up, cleaning up how I was eating and not eating my feelings. That was really helpful. (laughs) So the next part of that story is my husband came home in October of 2014. And I was all skinny and looking good and feeling great. I think I weighed like 180 pounds around there. So that's kind of that 30 pounds I lost from the 212. And we just spent probably six weeks celebrating just being a family again and going on a vacation. And he didn't have to go right back to work. So just lots of fun with our extended family and just lots of eating. And I just let myself kind of go back to all my old ways. And so I started to gain the weight back, but I wasn't too worried about it because I knew it was kind of a temporary celebration. And also I knew we were going to work on getting pregnant right away. And we did. We got pregnant right away. 
So I went back to that, my MO when I'm pregnant of just whatever goes, goes. And just pretty much gained all 30 pounds back. I think I was in the like just a little over 200 in that pregnancy. So not all 30 pounds. But in 2015 was when I lost my son, Keith, when I was about five and a half months pregnant with him. And that was really difficult. And I wasn't at all thinking about my weight. And I just ate whatever I wanted to. And I coped again into that coping mode. Now I had three babies in three years at this point. So my son Keith was born in 2015 as a stillborn baby. And then my daughter Grace was born in 2016, healthy and wonderful. And my daughter Hannah was born in 2017. So I got pregnant again pretty quickly after losing my son Keith because I, well, there's a lot of reasons and and I'll go into this later, but I just decided that was what I wanted to do. I was so ready to have our next baby and I just decided to not wait. So that was one reason why we got pregnant with her so quickly. And then when she was about six months old, we learned about an upcoming deployment. And I just started doing the math and I knew we had one more baby. I love to have my babies in pairs. Like right now, my kids' ages are 13 and 12. That one was a little closer than I meant it to be, (laughs) that gap. And then the next set are nine and eight. And they're actually almost two years apart. But right now, it sounds like they're a year apart. And then my final two are three and two. And they're 18 months apart. So I really like buddying my kids up. I like having them in pairs. And I joke with my husband that I always thought I would have twins. I've talked about this before. And I never got pregnant with twins. And so this was kind of how I had my own version of twins was just having my kids in pairs like this. So I knew we wanted to have one more before we were done. And now that we knew about the deployment coming up, I decided that I would rather have like a nine month old baby instead of a two month old baby when he left. And so we did the math and we figured out that we needed to have them about 18 months apart in order to have, you know, around an eight or nine month old baby when he left. So then my daughter Hannah was born in 2017 and they are almost exactly 18 months apart. So all of that to be said, I reached a new high in my weight. And on January 1st of 2018, I weighed 226 pounds. This was a real wake up call for me that I had put my health, my weight, my physical, you know, all of that on the back burner to kind of get through all that we had done with my leg breaking, with the deployments, with losing a baby, with having lots of babies. And I now felt like we were done having babies and it was time to pull that physical health onto the front burner (laughs) instead of letting it stay back there on the back burner and thinking, oh, I'll worry about that later. So I weighed 226 pounds and it's really powerful to me to say those numbers out loud because one thing I'm working on that has helped me so much as I have neutralized what those numbers mean is when they're secret or shameful and then and you attach all that meaning to what the number on the scale means. It just it just makes it so much heavier and just again adds kind of this meaning and this suffering that is completely unnecessary. So I try to take the opportunity to tell people how much I weigh whenever it feels appropriate. I'm not just saying it all the time. But I want to live in a world where it's just a number, where the number on the scale is just information. It's just math. It's just a number. And one way that I get there is by saying it, practice saying it and and working through what it feels like to tell people how much you weigh and reminding myself, this doesn't mean anything about me or how valuable or important I am. It's just a number. So That's one reason why I say my numbers all the time. I I wonder if you guys have noticed that. Anyway, one of the main thoughts that I was having when I weighed 226 pounds was 
I should not weigh more than my six foot three husband. So my husband, Brad, is a super hunk and he's tall and he's muscular and he's actually a little overweight himself. He's working on that, but you wouldn't ever know because he is an athlete, but he is working on his weight a little bit as well. And so he likes to claim that I never weighed more than him, but I think that for a, a short time I did. Anyway, uh, my brain spent quite a bit of time thinking that thought of I should not weigh more than my husband who's six foot three. I'm only 5'10 and I'm a woman. He has a lot more muscle and everything than me. How could I possibly weigh more than him? And that was a pretty discouraging thought for me. But, you know, we can get started on action from discouraging thoughts. And so I did start taking some action on my weight and I was able to lose a little bit of weight by just kind of cleaning up my diet and again, just pulling the whole concept of this to the front burner and and paying more attention to it. But I was pretty discouraged as one of my main thoughts was that and other thoughts like that, that kind of took me to that place of beating myself up or just kind of being really discouraged about my weight. And it can be hard to to sustain productive goals from that place of I'm thinking really unproductive thoughts and I'm trying to have really productive goals because our unproductive thoughts and and those negative thoughts will kind of sabotage our goals, which you may have experienced that in your life where you think like, I know what I should be doing I just can't, I can't maintain it. I can't keep up with it. And it's because it's, it's because you're taking that action from the, the action that you want to be taking, but you're still thinking thoughts like this will never work. Or I'm, you know, maybe one of your thoughts when you're overweight is like, oh, this is like, I'm so disgusting. Like I'm so, I'm so fat. This is so awful. But then you're trying to eat well and take good care of yourself. But in your mind, you're not taking good care of yourself. Your mental health is being neglected when you let your mind spend a lot of time thinking those those kinds of thoughts. So what was really perfect was this was when I was discovering life coaching at the beginning of 2018. And I was able to come up with my new intentional model. I could see what thinking I shouldn't weigh more than my six foot three husband was creating for me. And I was ready to create something different. So I was able to come up with my new intentional model. And the thought in my new model was, this is the part of my life where I weigh more than my six foot three husband. And that was very reassuring to my lower brain because I wasn't trying to pretend that I didn't weigh that much, but I was also really acknowledging that like, this is not how much I want to weigh, but it's okay that I weigh that much right now because of all that I've been through that created this for me. And now I'm ready to take control of it, but from a place of accepting where I am today and loving myself today. And that was an awesome boost in my journey. And I was able to lose, you know, maybe another 10 or 15 pounds over the next few months with that thought in mind. And it really fueled my productive actions of eating well and drinking lots of water and starting to incorporate regular exercise again. Um, And I would just spend time like, it's okay, this is just the part of my life where I weigh more than my husband. So I was able to go from 226 pounds down to about 200 pounds in a span of about nine months. So my birthday's in September. And I remember that I, I reached 200 right before my birthday. And one thing that was interesting that I figured out at this part of my journey was I was still spending time thinking that thought of this is the part of my life where I weigh more than my husband. But obviously that wasn't true anymore. And I was in a good place of acceptance of where I was and uh, on my journey, but I had to come up with a new thought. So that this will happen to you in your coaching where A thought will serve you for a part of your journey and then your journey will change because your weight will change or your, you know, your circumstances will actually change fueled by that thought. 
and then you need a new thought, which is a really cool thing. So I was able to come up with a new thought that I could believe that would continue to fuel me on my journey. And this one is very available to me because I have a lot of confidence and I do truly believe that I am beautiful at what any weight and that I, um, I'm i attractive. I believe I'm attractive to my husband even when I'm overweight. These thoughts are very available to me and I know that they don't feel very available to other women at certain times in their life, but I want to reassure you that they are always available even if they're a little harder to reach. But the thought that I used to fuel this next part of my journey was, I am a beautiful 200-pound woman. And this really helped me in the thing I've already mentioned of just saying how many pounds I weighed on a regular basis and not from a place of like, I can't forget that I weighed 200 pounds. I got to keep reminding myself that I'm overweight. Otherwise, maybe I'll just go back to my old ways. But from a place of just owning my number, saying it out loud, telling other people how much I weighed and just exuding that confidence and that belief in how beautiful and attractive and um, wonderful I am even when I'm overweight. And it really was interesting to watch people's reactions when I would just tell them like, oh yeah, I weigh 200 pounds. Look at me. Like I am smoking hot. I knew I had lots more weight I wanted to lose, but I was feeling great about this part of my journey. And what I would do is I would just weigh myself each morning and then whatever the number was, because my number does fluctuate quite a bit, just, you know, within a few pounds from day to day, depending on what's going on or where I'm at in my cycle or whatever. But I would just say, I am a beautiful 197 pound woman. I am a beautiful 201 pound woman or whatever the fluctuation was. And then I just spent a lot of time thinking that thought and practicing believing it. And it became very easy for me to think and believe. So like I said, I was able to lose about 30 pounds in nine or 10 months. And I went from 225 pounds to about 195 pounds, just to make that math a little easier. And again, the you know, I fluctuated a little bit, but one way that I look at my weight loss that I want to encourage you guys to try, if this is something you're working on, is I weigh myself every single morning. And then I have a spreadsheet where I input that weight. And then I don't worry so much about what the number is day to day, because again, I have those fluctuations. Even if I ate really well, I might be up a couple pounds from one day to the next. And then the next day, even if I ate kind of poorly, I might be down a couple of pounds. And so I don't let that mean anything for me. And I just look at my weekly average. And then when I'm wanting to see if I'm losing weight week over week, I'm able to just compare last week's weekly average with this week's weekly average. And that is really helpful for me to just look at those numbers over time rather than a little bit of the roller coaster from day to day. And again, that helps me accomplish that goal of looking at the number on the scale as just math. It's all just information to plug into my chart to see if I'm if I'm on track with my with my goals. So that's been really helpful for me. I would encourage you guys to try that if the number on the scale is meaning more to you than you want it to mean. So this next part of my story was pretty interesting for me to navigate. I had no weight loss for a full year. So I went from around my birthday in 2018 to around my birthday in 2019, from September to September, staying at exactly like right in between 195 and 200. I would fluctuate in there. And that was a really interesting part of my journey because I felt great and I knew there was more I wanted to lose and I knew how to manage my mind And my lower brain wanted that to be a huge problem that I didn't lose any weight for a full year. I was maintaining and and logically I could see that maintenance was good, um, not where I wanted to stay, but better than gaining weight. And I just had to do a lot of thought work to 
figure out why I wasn't losing any weight and also not let myself make it mean anything about me. Now this summer, I I have mentioned that I gained a little bit of weight and we kind of went into that party mode, but I was really proud of myself this summer that for the first time ever in the summer, we just do lots of camping and more vacations. And again, my husband got home from a deployment in May, which just led into one of the best summers of our lives. And this is normally when I just throw my hands in the air and just say, whatever will be, will be. And food is part of the way we celebrate and connect and bond as in our marriage and in our family, which is none of those thoughts really serve me. But I was able to enjoy my family and enjoy my husband and indulge in treats here and there. But I never threw my hands in the air and just went, whatever will be, will be. So I gained almost 10 pounds. I was 208 pounds at the end of the summer on September 1st of 2019. Whereas in other parts of my life where we've gone into that party mode, like the last time my husband returned from his deployment, I gained easily 20 plus pounds within a few months. So I was really pleased with myself that I would have a day or two where I indulged when we were camping. And even then I wouldn't go crazy, but I would just lessen a little, lessen on my on my plan a little bit. And then I would just get right back to it. And so that helped that maintenance with only just a little bit of gaining weight. So on September 1st, like I said, I weighed 208 pounds and I was a little discouraged because here I was a year and a half into my weight loss journey. And I know how to manage my mind and I know what to do. And not only have I not lost weight for a year, but now I've gained a little bit of weight. And so I was kind of indulging in that discouragement. And this was actually the end of August and I was getting ready to kind of set up some new goals with the kids going back to school. And I was getting ready to certify in life coach school and I was just ready to create something new. Everything that I'd currently been thinking was creating 208 pounds for me. And I knew I was ready to upgrade my protocol and think of something new. So that word protocol we use in life coaching as a way to describe basically our eating plan because we I don't love the word diet and neither do people in the life coaching world. So we call it a protocol, which is just basically what we decided to eat ahead of time. And so then we don't eat based on an urge or, you know, things like that. So I was ready to upgrade my protocol to get my kick my weight loss back into gear and start heading towards my goal again. I had maintained for a year and learned a lot about myself, but I was ready to get it going again. So I know I've mentioned this to you in previous podcast episodes about how in September I had a goal to lose 10 pounds. I upgraded my protocol to, you know, I I implemented some intermittent fasting and I coach myself every morning and I decide the food that I'm going to eat ahead of time, a day ahead of time, what I will eat the next day. Um, Those are some of the ways I upgraded my protocol just for September. And then I came up with a serious game plan for when my brain offered me one of its favorite thoughts when I'm trying to do something like this. And one of its favorite thoughts is this probably isn't even working. So like I said, when I see a treat or when my family's going to just, you know, eat something that I've decided that I'm not going to eat anymore, at least for now, my lower brain is like, you should just have one because all this like work you're doing, it's probably not even working. And so I was able to access that wisdom from my future self, the, the place on, you know, the end of September where I had lost the 10 pounds. And I asked her what she was thinking, having already lost the 10 pounds. And she was thinking my protocol works. It's as simple as that. It works. My protocol works. So I spent the whole month living my new protocol, my upgraded protocol, and thinking it works. And my brain would offer me all kinds of thoughts about 
I should just give in to this little urge or completely give up or whatever because maybe it's not even working. And it would even say, see, look, you went a whole year without losing weight and you've even gained some weight. You know, it's probably not even working. Just throw your hands in the air. That's what it wanted me to do. And I would just answer my lower brain by saying, no, it's okay. My protocol works. And I would just stick with it, stick with the plan. And I'm happy to say I lost 10 pounds in September, just exactly as I had planned. I even said in my goal seven to 10 pounds because I was a little afraid of that. 10 pound number, but I lost, I was back down to 198 consistently in my weekly average, actually in the third week of September. So I was able to lose it even faster than a month. And so then the goal that I had for after that was to lose one pound a week or four pounds a month until I reached my goal weight, which I should reach next summer. So my initial goal weight was to get to 175. I felt really good about that number. And for my height, that's something that I was comfortable with. It wasn't maybe like completely where I wanted to be, but just it was a very comfortable number for me. And one day I was listening to a podcast episode from Brooke and she said, like, take a look at your goal and try to figure out why you picked that number. And she was actually talking about money. But I said, okay, I'll take a look at my goal of 175. And I realized that the reason that I picked that number was that's the lowest that I've weighed as a mom. You know, I was able to get to that point a couple of times throughout having babies. And so my brain was not comfortable with believing a different number than that. And I was able to search in my mind for if any number were available to me, what would I pick as my goal weight? And the number that came immediately to my mind was 150 pounds. I've throughout the part of my life before I had children, I would shoot to stay around 150 pounds because I've always liked that guideline of 100 pounds and then five pounds for every inch you are over five feet. I have no idea if that is like medically what it should be, but that has worked well for me in my life for my body type. So before I started having kids, I I maintained around 150 pounds and I felt great about that. So I realized that that was a little bit of a stretch goal for me, but that that was really good and to stretch ourselves is good. So I went for 150 pounds as my goal. And so in October, I lost exactly four pounds and I am now weighing around 193 pounds. And my goal for the end of November is to get to 190 pounds. And then again, four more pounds in December and then four more pounds in January and so on until I get to 150 pounds. And I have, like I said, I've been losing it even a little bit faster than my one pound a week, but I'm still sticking with that one pound a week because I'm just not in any rush to lose the weight. This is the new, a couple of new things that doing this way has kind of given me like a gift for this weight loss, this part of my weight loss journey. I don't think I've ever done it in a way that is so sustainable. Deciding what I eat ahead of time allows me to plan for little exceptions like, oh, it's my son's birthday and we always get donuts on birthdays and I love donuts. And so I plan to eat a donut on that day. Or I'm going to be out of town and so I know that I'll be ordering at a restaurant for this one meal and I'm just going to order a really awesome salad at the restaurant with lots of good protein on it. And I make that plan ahead of time so that when I get to the restaurant, even though I would love to order like a country fried steak with gravy, and there will be times when I allow myself to order that, but to plan ahead of time on this path of my, on this part of my weight loss journey and to say like, Country fried steak does not create the result that I want on my weight loss journey, but a huge, awesome salad does. And it's not any kind of place from deprivation. So it's very sustainable. And another thing that it has done for me is that I have learned 
in managing my emotions and in allowing negative emotions that it's totally okay to be hungry. So I used to only be willing to do a diet if it allowed for me to eat as much as I needed to eat so that I was never hungry. I was okay with, you know, okay, now I won't eat this kind of food, but I need to be able to eat enough quantity that I'm never hungry. And you'll hear lots of diets advertised that way of, you know, try this diet and you'll never be hungry. But I have opened my mind up to the fact that hungry is not a problem at all. And again, I'm not going to any kind of weird deprivation place, but when I feel a little bit hungry, my lower brain offers me thoughts like, hurry, go eat something, let's resolve this, this is a problem. And I just answer it with, I have a planned meal coming up in an hour and it's totally okay to be hungry. Hungry is not a problem. And I just reassure my brain that hungry is fine. It's not hurting me. Um, it's not It's not a problem. It's not something that needs to be resolved right away with maybe eating something that isn't on my plan. In addition to that, I have found that food tastes better when I'm hungry. So now that I'm not doing any snacking, I just eat the, the meals that I have planned. I am always a little bit hungry right before a meal. And I feel like I'm enjoying my food so much more as I be more intentional about what I eat and to be hungry when I eat it rather than have just snacked maybe a little bit before a meal and not just to kind of cut that hunger. And then I'm not even that hungry when I sit down to eat like the meal I've prepared. So that's been a cool thing. And the last thing that I already kind of touched on is that I am not in a rush to lose this weight. That's been one of my favorite parts about this part of my journey is when I used to be motivated to lose weight, it was so that when I was skinny, I would feel better. And now I know that it'll be really fun to be skinny and healthy and the weight I want to be. And it's fun to achieve my goals. But I can feel as amazing as amazing today at 193 pounds as I will, you know, eight months from now or six months from now when I weigh 150 pounds. That's a really amazing gift to give myself because then I'm in no rush to lose the weight. I know it will happen and I know that there's no, you know, grass is greener on the other side. My grass is green right now. My grass is green here at 193 pounds and it will also feel great to weigh 150 pounds and all the weights in between are going to feel great. And when you're in a rush, I would just encourage you to take a look at that. When you're in a rush to accomplish something or achieve something, it's probably because your lower brain is offering you a thought that once we've achieved this, we'll feel better. And you're believing that. So you're in a rush for that relief. You're in a rush to take that action, to achieve the goal, to get the relief, where I would encourage you to just find ways to believe that your grass is green right now, right where you are. And you don't have to be in any rush to accomplish a goal because you can enjoy today all along the way and when the goal is achieved. It's such a beautiful place to come from. Okay, we're going to wrap up this episode with a couple of our favorite segments. Um, My hot mess moment for this episode is a few years ago, I was driving our minivan from picking my kids up at gymnastics and driving home and I got pulled over and I didn't think I had been speeding. I wasn't sure what had happened. I have all my kids with me in the car and the lovely police officer came up to my window. It was a woman and she said, you know, your registration's expired, right? And I went, oh man, I must've missed that. And she said, no, you don't understand. Your registration expired 10 months ago. I was mortified. I could not believe it. And my brain really panicked in that moment. I was embarrassed and panicked. And I said, you've got to be kidding me. Like, there's no way. And then my brain kind of caught up. And I realized like, that is definitely one of those things that has fallen off our plate. Because 
this at this point we were just in the midst of my husband had returned recently from his deployment and the whole time he had been gone I'd been dealing with my broken leg situation and so there were lots of things that fell off my plate that I normally would have stayed on top of because of all of those circumstances and I just realized right in that moment that I hadn't even once thought about car registration or anything like that and it it had expired 10 months ago. I was, again, mortified. And she was not very happy with me. And I was able to kind of throw out there like, oh, my husband's been deployed. And this is something that he usually stays on top of. But it's really hard to justify 10 months of not resolving. And I just, I couldn't explain it all to her. And I knew this was just totally on us, our mistake. And she let me know that normally, if you're that far expired, she was supposed to take my car and impound it. But she could see I had my children with me. And she let me know that she was going to let me off of that part of the hook this time and that I needed to get it resolved right away. And I said, absolutely. I'm so sorry. I apologized a bunch of times. And I, she even said like, I think if you get your ticket resolved within five days, it'll be like less of a ticket. And so I went the next day, obviously, and got it registered. And I went in and I paid the ticket and I I think it was like $10 less or something. And that was a really interesting experience for me, very humbling and just kind of reminding me how far we had come in the last year to have not once even thought about the registration. Because that's a pretty normal thing to be, you know, you've got it in your calendar or even when you just walk around your car, you kind of check like, okay, I've got a few more months or, or something. I kind of always remember, oh, my van one always comes up in September. And my, you know, you kind of just are you're tracking on that as an adult. And it just completely got away from me. And one other really fascinating part about that story for me was as soon as I pulled away from working with the police officer to go home, my brain went, never tell dad. <laughs> oh, I thought this was so funny because my brain wanted to keep me safe from like my father's judgment about the fact that I had let my registration expire by 10 months. My dad's a super awesome, responsible guy, and he's taught me to be super awesome and responsible. And my lower brain said, like, he will be so disappointed in you, which was just so fascinating because here I am, this grown-up adult with lots of kids, my own life, and I'm still, my lower brain at least, is still really worried about what my dad thinks of me and is still thinking that his approval kind of hangs in this fragile balance, which logically I know that it doesn't. Logically, I know that no matter what I do, he loves me and is proud of me. And I caught myself having that thought. And again, at this time, I didn't even have these tools, but it was something that I was already kind of working on of not giving my dad just the pretty parts of my life, but giving him just all the parts of me knowing that it was all okay. And so I caught my brain offering me that thought of don't ever tell your dad this happened. And in order to counteract that, I called him that moment as I continued to drive home. And I said, Dad, I have a really embarrassing story I want to tell you. And I told him right in that moment. And he just laughed and we both laughed and I took care of it the next day and everything was fine. But I could have totally operated from that thought that my brain offered me of, oh, never let him know. But I was glad that I didn't. Okay, so your mission for this episode is to take a look at your weight loss journey or your relationship with your weight or with your health, with your physical health. See if it's on the back burner. See if it's a priority for you. See if what you're doing and what you're thinking about 
who you are and how much you weigh and your physical health. See if that story is serving you and if you like that story and tell it to yourself and see how it comes out or tell it to somebody else and see if you like the way you tell it because you know we can tell our stories any way we want to. So just take a look at all of that and see if you want to rewrite any parts of it or if you're ready to start a new chapter where you are today and set some goals for your weight loss from a really healthy, loving place and do it in a way that is sustainable and that you're able to see like my grass right now today is green and it's not greener on the other side. It's green here, it's green there and everything's good. And good luck with all of that. Let me know if you have any questions or if you want any help in writing your story. Thank you for listening and making time in your day. If this podcast resonates with you, send an email to jessie at simplyresilient.net to schedule a free mini session and see if working with me would be a great fit for you. Remember, when we choose to intentionally manage our minds, we go from feeling mentally miserable to feeling like a mental warrior. You've got this. I'll talk to you soon. Over and out.